The Plumbing Marketing Profits Podcast. Interviews with million-dollar-plus plumbing and HVAC business owners on how they market and grow their companies in today's economy. Hear directly from the most successful leaders in your business and discover what they are doing to keep their phone ringing, trucks running, and businesses booming. With your host, Josh Nelson. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on today's session. I'm super excited to be talking about a topic a little bit outside of our personal sweet spot here at Plumbing HVAC SEO. As you know, we're always talking about internet marketing. We're talking about pay-per-click advertising. We're talking about SEO and really generating leads via the internet. But our mission as a company really is to help a thousand plumbing and HVAC companies triple their sales over the next 10 years. And we know that part of tripling your sales, you can't just have a one-dimensional marketing strategy, right? You have to be doing other things. And I, I run a podcast called the Plumbing and HVAC Marketing Podcast, and I'm interviewing companies doing north of a million, a lot of them north of five million. On Friday, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Parker and Sons, who does $100 million per year in revenue. And what I found, uh, most of these companies and these company owners and company marketers, they have a very diverse marketing mix. A lot of leads come via the internet, but a lot of leads also come from multimedia, radio, TV, etc. And so, you know, I was able to connect with Nancy O'Hare-Zika from Swick Media Services. Um, you know, if you don't know them, they produce great video, great, you know, great content. And as I got to know Nancy a little bit better, I found that there's a lot more to what they do, all the way down to, to media planning and media buying and really helping plumbing and HVAC contractors generate lots of leads through, through multimedia. So I thought it'd be great to have Nancy on today just to kind of share what's working with multimedia and uh, kind of open your eyes to the possibilities on that front. So without further ado, Nancy, thanks so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, my name is Nancy, and I am uh, the owner of Swift Media Services up here in Marquette, Michigan. Um, our company, very briefly, um, our company started as... I was the marketing person, general manager of a plumbing, heating, cooling company here in uh, Marquette and uh, noticed that there wasn't a lot of really great content for marketing for companies in the plumbing, heating, cooling, electrical world. So uh, we started making our own and um, we were successful with that and we we did very, very well and other companies started coming to us and you know asking for our help. And that's really when I realized that there was such a need for good marketing content in this industry. Um, you know, I had, I had six or seven companies that uh, we were helping, you know, just I was still the GM. I was still doing the marketing manager thing at Swick Home Services. And I had five or six companies that, that I was helping with their marketing. And eventually then it kind of trickled down to, you know what, I think there's a need for this. And, um, about five years ago, I, you know, I, Swick Media was born, and uh, here we are now, five years later, um, and we work with approximately 100 companies across the United States and Canada, uh, and we have evolved from, you know, video content to a full-service marketing agency. Uh, really, the only thing we don't do is what Josh does, and that's why uh, we like to partner with him a lot, because that is an area I'm not comfortable with, and I'm very, uh, I feel very strongly about being the best at what you do, um, and that's an area I have no desire to, to learn. It's, it's so ever-changing. It's so all-inclusive. You know, your brain really has to be in it, and I, I want to do its very best for my partners, and um, 
recommending that they work with Josh is the best thing I can do for them. So, and I, I want to do it's very, no, I just had a reverb. It's good. So anyway, are we good? Okay. So, um, I'm going to jump into a, a PowerPoint that we'll have on the screen while I'm chatting. So, Josh, is it okay if we share screen? Absolutely. Just hit the share screen button and you can take it away. All right. Okay, so here we are. You can go down to the next one. Daniel, my right hand. Oh, we can't see ourselves. He's here. Daniel's here. We have an ongoing banter, and he, he helps me remain normal. Um, so let's go on. Easier said than done. One million percent. So go ahead and click on to the next one. And uh, Okay, that's not working. the top. The joys uh -oh. of technology. There we go. I I'm telling you, we do these every day. Isn't it amazing how one little hiccup will screw everything up? Okay. So why is it so important to market and brand your business? Okay. So people are going to form an opinion of your company. You have to play an active role in the formation of that opinion um, through marketing and branding. Um, we are known, Swift Media is known as being the storytellers. That is what we do the best. We help you tell your story in a way that is very respectable and, and very understandable that builds trust in a community and helps with customer retention as well as, as marketing. So, um, you know, that's really the biggest thing with, you can go ahead and go to the next one, uh, with branding. So one of the, one of the examples, um, this is an example of a commercial called uh, Simply You. We created this commercial for a company in Denver. And this is what I mean about storytelling. Uh, the videos we make is, are very unique. And I'm going to show you several throughout this, this chat. And we're going to talk about other forms too. Um, but this is a perfect example of how uh, telling a story is the way to, to go about it. So go ahead there, Daniel. And it's not just a paycheck that keeps us coming to work every morning. It's not the pride we feel while wearing our company uniform. Nor is it sharing a laugh with our colleagues before we head out for the day. It's simply you, our customers, out there living your lives, doing what it is you do until you need our help again. At Applewood, we're there when you need us. So that's a really good example, right, of how we told a story. It, it isn't, you know, dancing cats and, you know, plumber's crack and all that stuff that was kind of the industry standard for so many years. It, it's, it's not funny. And, um, and it isn't a good representation of you and your company and the professionals and how highly educated and skilled your, your people are. Um, and so those are the, these are the sort of spots that are going to help tell that. I'm going to show you one more. This is actually made for a company out in the Boston area, Milltown. Um, this one's called Hometown Hero. Again, another little 30-second spot that's really good for branding, telling your story. A hero can come in all shapes and sizes, from a firefighter to a local service technician. At Milltown, our heroes put the needs of others before their own when you need it most. The Milltown legacy began 40 years ago right here in Merrimack Valley. 
hometown, what would you be your hometown heroes? Okay, so that's a really another a great spot for Milltown. And so basically what we're saying is, uh, you know, you got you got to brand your company, right? So branding is your promise to your customer. It's going to convey what they can expect from you. And as much as people think, and I do hear this often, that, you know, call to action, call to action work. We are not in a call to action industry, and I and, and I will I will debate this in in a friendly cup of coffee with just about anybody. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a need for call to action occasionally, but for the most part, people don't wake up in the morning and think, you know, I think today will be a great day to get a new water heater. Okay, now that would be great if it was a call to action because then we could run specials on new heating and cooling systems, and people would just call up and they would have that done. But the fact is, we need to year-round be building our brand and be building that trust so when they do wake up and their water heater isn't working or their furnace isn't working or their cooling system isn't cooling, that your company is the very first company they think of. That is a year-round process, and it has to do with branding. Brand equity is another term that you're going to hear. Uh, Brand equity is basically the value of a product or service that's formed by their perception uh, and it's going to be it's not actually about the actual worth it, it's how much more they're, they're willing to pay for, for services from you versus your competitor by building that brand by building that bigger than life attitude by building that persona you're going to increase your brand equity therefore being able to demand a higher price and let's face it, the companies that are doing a lot of marketing tend to be the more expensive companies because they're doing it the right way. They're using high-quality uh, equipment. They're using highly skilled people, and that's not cheap. Because of that, your ticket price is going to be higher. You need to make sure you're building your brand equity to justify that, and it's going to make the technician and your comfort consultant's job so, so much easier if you're spending time all year building your brand equity. Okay? Um Perfect example of brand equity. Okay, so first of all, I don't want to make anyone mad. I'm going to put that out there. Harley Davidson's are the noisiest <laughs> motorcycles. What is up with that? But here's the thing. They have built this multi-billion dollar company through branding. They have put their logo on everything and people buy it. And in my opinion, now, and again, this is another, I'm sure this is a debatable argument. I don't think that a Harley-Davidson necessarily is that much better than an Indian, let's just say. Um, but they can demand a much higher price because they have spent so much time with brand equity. It's about having a Harley. That's what it's about. While we're on this, what is with, okay, this is something I, okay, and I'm serious about this. I want people to chime in on this. What is with the signaling and the motorcycles? <laughs> I know. Because here's my question. This is what I want to know, honestly, for motorcycle people out there in the motorcycle world. Would you do the two-finger salute motorcycle thing with a moped? It's a serious question. I think it's a valid argument. It's a valid argument. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we can go on to the next slide now that I got that off my chest. Good. Uh, thanks. Okay, so here are a couple more uh, spots that talk about, well, here's one more spot, actually, that talks about branding. This is a 60-second spot. It's longer than, obviously, you're going to put on TV. And, and, and I don't know, I'll tell you, we, we Zoom a lot. We use these Zoom webinars quite a bit for our, our uh, to, to just talk to partners. 
I'm always worried about how the audio and how the video come across to all of you. So please know if you want me to ever follow up one of these webinars with an email with links directly to these spots I'm showing so you can see it in real time and hear it with proper audio, please know that I'd be glad to do that, okay? This is a spot for a company uh, in South, Southern Maryland. And if you've been to Maryland, you understand that you have to say Southern. That's a big deal for them. Southern Maryland, it's a company called Booths. And we love Wayne and his team there. And this is a 60 second, what we call the spirit of. Go ahead. Okay, so that spot right there, how many times, right, as a company owner, uh, management team, marketing, couldn't, could, do we wish we could explain to the customer how much time and energy and money goes into a call before they even get to the door? That's the whole point of the Spirit of. The Spirit of Booth tells that story, and again, it's your responsibility to tell that story, and uh, you have to use your marketing to do that. Everyone assumes when you're within a company, within a business, that everyone knows who you are and everyone knows what you do, and the reality is that's not true. Um, we live it, right? We're in it. We see the uniforms every day, the, the, the wrapped vans. For I cannot tell you how many times people said to me, months after months, years after we added electrical, you have you, you do electrical? Well, yes, we've been doing it for seven years. You know, I mean, it's crazy to me because I'm you're so in it that you can't see the forest for the trees. So it is your responsibility to be educating continuously what you do and why you're the best and why you're the expert and why they should call you. Um, but so the one thing that I, I want you to remember. Those were all very serious, right? All those spots, very serious, very dramatic, very um, storytelling-ish. But remember to also have fun. Advertising and marketing that attracts one group of people will be completely different to the next group of people you're trying to hit. Um, of course, your target demographic is going to be women and adults 35 to 64. We all, I mean, that's like an industry standard for this for the plumbing, heating, cooling, electrical world. But, you know, there's a wide range between what attracts a 35-year-old to a, a, a company and what's going to attract a 60 or 65-year-old to a company. So you have to make sure that you are having fun also. And, um, and just be sure that you're not being disrespectful to your craft. Represent yourself as the professionals that you are. But here's a couple examples of more light um, spots, forms of advertising that, that you can run. This is Swick Home Services. This is also Swick Home Services. These are Happy Swick customers. 
Then there's Jan. She's not happy. When your water heater is not working, you call Swig. Swig can fix that. Jan is a happy customer. And this is Acorn. He's happy too. So, again, and there's going to be one more we're going to show right right here. This is a friend of both mine and Daniel's, actually. His name is Sam. And this is Swig, I'm sorry. That's okay. And he uh, was a local uh, news anchor here in our town. And uh, we, I had this idea to do this really just goofy, weird, and Sam was the first guy that came to my mind because he's a goofy little number. And we love Sam, but this is a spot called Lucky Day, another branding fun spot. dramatic they can be fun and they can be light and it's going that commercial lucky day is going to strike a whole different audience than the one called you know simply you were hometown hero from before so keep that in mind um so for those of you who were with us for the recruitment uh portion the recruitment webinar about a month ago i did touch on the whole marketing circles but i'm going to go through this again because i think it's really important when it comes to mentally figuring out a marketing plan. Um, in Back when, when I first started in this industry, uh, I had three marketing circles. It has since in the last five, six years grown into four marketing circles. And this is, this is not some scientific proven anything. This is Nancy's way of keeping her brain organized and straight. <laughs> Um, but the first marketing circle I, I, is my broadcast TV one, right? That is one that, that's your NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. That's going to be your best reach, of course, but it's going to be the most expensive. You're going to get the most eyeballs, but you can't really deter, you can't narrow in as easily to your demographic, right? Um, DMA is a designated market area, and that is a map of the United States that was created by the Nielsen family as a way to divide the United States into 210 DMAs. The, the problem, or the benefit, I guess, if, if you're lucky enough to be in a huge DMA with a huge service area, the situation with the DMA or designated market area is when you put a commercial on ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox, you're going to go everywhere in that television DMA. For example, the entire state of Utah is one TV DMA. It's called the Salt Lake City DMA. So you can put, you, your company might be up in northern Utah, and if you put something, a, a spot on television, on ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox, you can't really, it's very difficult to hone that into your service area. So it's a lot of wasted dollars. So it's, if, you, if your service area covers most of a DMA, then it's a win. However, if you are in some of the DMAs that are huge and you have a 25-mile radius D, uh, service area, uh, broadcast TV might not be your best option. Um, the next marketing circle is the cable TV radio. Cable TV radio is very good for a lot of a lot of people. First of all, it helps you narrow down your area in which your your reach, if you will. Um, but I have some really strong thoughts about cable TV and radio. First of all, I am a fan of a Monday through Thursday 
Thursday primetime only, especially if you're starting out. For cable, for primetime for cable, yes, sorry, not, we're, we've moved on from broadcast. We're on to no, radio, we're focused oh, on drive time. Sorry, yes, radio's drive time, more things like that. For cable TV, though, you want to do your primetime Monday through Thursday. High profile sporting events are also really, really good. And news programs, okay, those are going to be your uh, your exceptions to that Monday to Thursday. Uh, as far as radio, you're going to be looking at drive time. That's really important. I personally feel like smaller markets, smaller towns that are really big into high school sports, that radio advertising is still very, very effective if you're in a small, you know, Friday Night Lights kind of a community. Um, I happen to live in one of those communities where a, a large portion of people do listen to um, local football, high school football, and basketball games. And so there is still a real uh, a plus to doing radio, um, but it has to be the right area. And that really is, is company by company. Unfortunately, there really isn't um, a set in stone thing. No rotators. That's the biggest number one thing I hear from people. Oh, but, you know, this cable TV, they gave me 500 rotators and they, they didn't charge me for them well the reason why they're not charging you for them is because they're garbage and they're on at three in the morning and they're on during paternity court and you know that's not really who's that that's not your lead that's not who you want calling you up in the morning probably um so anyway just be careful about the whole they're giving this to me for free almost always there's a reason for that so keep that in mind Circle number three, this is our digital marketing circle. This is where this is where Josh comes into play. This is the SEO. <coughs> Making sure your website is healthy. <coughs> I'm gonna choke. Hold on one second. Yeah. <coughs> Water break. Okay. Alright, coach, we're back. <coughs> we're back. And that is water in that glass, by the way. By the by. Okay, so um, the website health, Google ads, pre-rolls, social media, Facebook ads, all of that is considered in my brain digital marketing. <laughs> Just a really good way to kind of compartmentalize all that. Uh, it's, it's a very, a lot of these can be very inexpensive and great, great starting points if you're going to dip your toe in. Also, it's a very, very, very good way to target a specific demographic. For example, we have been doing a lot of what we call geofencing, geotargeting. If you are recruiting especially, and I mentioned this at the last one, and let's say there's a big hospital going up in your area. All the union guys are there or whatever, and you are a non-union shop and you're trying to attract people to your door or vice versa, right? You can geo-target an area around this new big construction bill, and anytime anyone Googles anything on YouTube, or, or I'm sorry, either they go to YouTube or Googles anything, <laughs> opens an app, your video is going to play saying, hey, you know, I'm John from, you know, Plumber SEO, and, and I'm looking for good guys, and if you're not happy with what you're doing, call me because I'll, you know, we need more, more people. <coughs> so that's a really cool way to use digital marketing of course making sure that your seo your website health is all where it should be that is a very very inexpensive way one of the biggest bangs for your buck is making sure that all your search everything's written with keywords in mind 
your website is where it should be and that you're you're taking advantage of that and that search engine optimization. So again, that target you can see on there, female 35 to 64 and adult 35 to 64. So when we run a marketing plan for someone, we use both of those demographics as a way to really hone in on the people that we're trying to hit. The fourth and final circle is everything else, right? Uh, These are the things like outdoor signage, theater ads, vehicle wraps, direct mail, print ads. Um, As far as billboards, I think that billboards are great in small areas. Um, If you are, for example, in a little town and you want to start moving north and take over the next little town, billboards are a great way to introduce yourself into that next area. They're also very good um, for annual events. If you have a a fireplace sale, an annual fireplace sale, or directionally, if you have a showroom and you want to have people, you know, three miles ahead, uh, two miles ahead, turn right at the next light, whatever, directional billboards are very good. Uh, One thing that that we did, and I know a lot of companies do this, uh, they donate billboards to a local charity. So basically, they rent a billboard for a whole year uh, and every single month they donate the billboard for a charity and at the bottom it will say this billboard was graciously donated by Slick Home Services. Okay, It's a good way to use a billboard in a indirect way to make yourself stand out as a community leader. Okay, And that's really important too. Again, all about branding, all about image. Okay, um, Theater advertising you know, it's hit or miss. I like it, again, in, in certain areas, but it's going to be really um, a lot of a lot of theater, a lot of movies aren't going to be hitting your demographic. So be careful of that. And the problem is with theater advertising, you can't say I only want it on, you know, PG-13 and, and PG movie. It, typically when you buy a theater advertising package um it's going to be shown for every single theater or every single movie that's being shown in that theater it's a it's a rotator yeah so it's expensive not to not not to think that that's going to be a cheapo because it's they're not now a lot of the bigger markets have what's called lobby advertising that's another great way to get your message out that is going to be much more uh, reasonable, and I think that's probably a better way to spend your your money in a theater setting for this industry. Okay, um, as far as newspaper ads, the only way I would ever encourage someone to do a newspaper ad is if it's going to be for a big event. Um, I would only recommend full color, full page, you know, and so either kind of go big or go home. Um, swag, right? So your magnets, your pens, that's going to be based on budget. But those are really important. As far as yellow pages, I don't encourage anyone to have anything more than a line in yellow pages at this time. We are, we're in the, we're, we're in the digital world now. Everything, uh, all, of, all of that money that was spent for so many years in the yellow pages. And I know that they tell you still that Oh, it's going to be cheaper. It's going to be cheaper if you just do this big ad versus a line. Trust me when I tell you do it for one year. You will never go back. So, um, And when it comes to marketing, also, I'm not a big fan of tracking phone numbers. That No, I'm not speaking. I'm talking about on television. 
only and radio. I would, I'm not talking about digital. Digitally, that you can click through a phone number, absolutely you want numbers for that because that's all part of the analytic. But if you're talking about TV commercials and radio commercials, people are not driving down the road. They don't hear your commercial and pull over on the side of the road and dial the number they're hearing. Also, when they're sitting on a couch and they're watching TV and your ad comes on, they are not going to, at that moment, probably call. They're going to pick up their phone, even if the number's being set on the screen, they're going to pick up their phone and they're going to Google your name of your company and that's where they're going to get the number from. So please know if you're using tracking numbers. Tracking numbers are very beneficial, like I said, for digital things, for websites and mobile apps, but not for uh, television spots and radio advertising. Okay. So so those are the, those are the, the marketing circles, if you will. Um, one quick thing, Josh, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit about the yellow pages. Um, I'm sure that you see a lot of people dealing with Haibu and YP.com and stuff like that. I'm just curious on your take um, on what you see and you know what you guys or what can be done differently. Yeah, I mean, all I would say is, yeah, there's definitely been a shift from the yellow pages being a great source to, to, to the Internet and other places being more effective. It's, it's kind of like the most traditional form of directional advertising, right? You want to show up where the people are looking. Um, the only caveat to that is I always say test everything, right? If, yep. if you're spending a dollar and it's generating a good return, even if you think, man, I've never looked at a Yellow Pages. My kids will never look at a Yellow Pages. Why would anyone advertise here? Um, if, if you're advertising in it and it's generating return on investment, um, you know, keep it going. And I, I can say in certain markets when I interview folks for the podcast, they tell me they, they shut down Yellow Pages years ago. It was a waste of money. They proved that it didn't work, but then I have others in, in, in other markets that are still are still using it, still proving a return on investment. So I'd say it's you know definitely test, test yeah. and, and you know based on on your market and your your data should di dictate whether that's a good use of your dollars or not. Right now, the one thing I will say uh, about that a little further is the other the other aspect if people are still calling you on a on a yellow page line that you have, say you have a tracking number, I would I would be interested to know if they went to the yellow pages to find your phone number or if they went to your yellow pages to find a plumber. Because mm -hmm. that's different too. Yeah. They could still be calling you as a plumber, but they knew already when they went to the yellow pages who they were going to find. Right. Good point. So just, a, just a thought. Yeah. You know, so that could be skewed a little bit, but I agree, no matter what you do, you know, there's no silver bullet, so you got to try a little bit of everything. So, how much to spend? This is a you know, it's a question I get all the time. Josh, I'm sure you get this question all the time. Um, the industry standard, they say, five percent of your annual revenue for companies looking to maintain. Okay, so if you are happy where you're at, you don't want to grow, which I, I mean, I never really hear that, but you know, let's say uh, you're looking at about five percent, seven to ten percent if you're looking to actively grow your business. Um, if you are looking to actively grow your business in leads and recruitment, then you're going to be closer to the 10% on that. Okay. So, uh, that's kind of a, a, a rough idea of, of what we're, what we're looking at for that. Okay. So media buying, this is a really interesting, um, area. And I think it is some, there's a lot of misconceptions about using a media buyer. Uh, when I first started, uh, I did not use a media buyer. I placed all my own media and 
I was horrible at it, for the record. Um, and live and learn, right? Um, the biggest thing that I want to get across about media buying is you don't pay extra to use a media buyer. You are either going to pay exactly what you're paying right now or less. It is the job of the media buyer to make sure your ads, whether it be on you know digital marketing, television, radio, um, that you are getting the absolute best buy for the for for your buck, biggest bang for your buck. It's the station that actually ends up paying the media buyer. So there's a there's a, a marketing age a media company rate card and there's a public rate card. Industry standard is it's about a fifteen percent difference. So, for example, if you use a media buyer and you get charged $100 for a spot, the TV station will only charge the uh, marketing agency $85, and that $15 goes to the media company. Yeah, so that's kind of how that goes. Daniel is actually uh, the director of our media buying uh, department here at Slick Media. Um, we're a little different in that we're not, I mean, we because... Because we make the content and we place the content, it's a little bit different. I think because it behooves us as a company, Swift Media, um, to make sure that you, the company owner, is getting the best buy. Because if you do get the best buy and you're on the best shows and you have the best ratings and the most amount of eyeballs seeing your stuff, whether it's digital or whether it's uh, television <laughs> or whether it's radio, um, you're going to find success, therefore you're going to buy more of my product, right? So we actually have um, a lot to gain by making sure that we place media for people because we know that we're going to place it where they get the best bang for their buck. Does that make sense? So um, we want to make sure that obviously your phone is ringing off the hook because guess what? If your phone is ringing off the hook, you're going to continue to buy more videos, you know? So it's a win-win for us. Um, the, and I think that a lot of people, hey, have kind of a weird uh, thing about using media buyers. But I'm telling you, if at least talk to somebody, reach out to them and see if what you're paying is the best you can be paying and that the ratings. There's media buyers who have access to software that costs tens of thousands of dollars a year. Obviously, a normal you know company isn't going to have access to that. And it tells you everything from, you know, the demographics watching shows, the ratings watching that show, uh, homeowners versus renters versus, I mean, there's so many filters that we can run. And we can hone it down so we know pretty precisely who is watching and what eyeballs are seeing your spot. So um, no TV company is going to give you money back. <laughs> because your phone didn't ring. I guarantee it. So uh, make sure that your your ads are being placed properly. And that, that is a really, uh, that's probably one of the strongest bits of information I can share really with anybody. Um, so the next thing is, oh, and another thing, make sure your media buyer isn't working with a competitor in your industry or in your uh, DMA. That's an important one. If I'm working with two companies in a television DMA, I cannot, you don't want me media buying for both. They both can't have the best traffic. They both can't have the best plan, unfortunately. Uh, so that's a question to ask uh, and make sure you have exclusivity with your media buyer. Okay. Um, make a plan. This is 
something that I stress. And now I'm a planner and I'm an organizer, you know, and that, that's how my brain works. But make a plan at the beginning of the year whenever, whenever you sit down. Maybe it's in November for the following year. Ask for help. Talk to your friends in the industry. What's been successful to them? And put it down on paper. Just because it's down on paper doesn't mean that you can't continually be making adjustments. Um, so here's a sample of a, this is a calendar that I work with my partners with. And I basically divided it into whether that company needs calls that month or whether they need people. Okay. So what your wrote, what your brand, what, uh, sorry, what your advertising, what sort of spots, what genre you're, you're pushing that month is, is based on whether you need the phone to ring or whether you need guys. Okay. And there are two different plans based on that. And you don't really know till you get there, to be honest. But just know that uh, you have to be able to mentally be okay with this being a little bit fluid. Spring comes early, spring comes late. Snow flies early, snow flies late. Uh, fall will, will happen early or fall will happen late. So obviously, if you have a, a super early summer and you have the AC calls going through the roof and it's May, well, then you're not going to run a call to action AC spot. I always recommend a branding spot as part of the rotation, and I always recommend rotating three different spots at a time. A third, a third, a third is what I like uh, for if I were to have it in a perfect world, right? And I know the world's not perfect, so that take that with a grain of salt. But I always like to do a branding spot every single month. And then if it's a recruit, if you need more guys, your two of three will be your recruitment spot and your branding spot. Then your third spot's going to be filled with either your SPP, your service partner plan, maybe advertising that. Uh, seasonally, if, if you know come June, July, and August, you don't need AC calls, well, then push your electrical, push your plumbing on those months to try to even those calls out a little bit. And the goal is at the end of the day, is the goal is so your shoulder seasons don't go in the dumps. You know, you want to try to keep it as even as possible, and marketing can really help with that, okay? Whether it's direct mail, whether it's um, digital marketing, uh, whether it's, you know, your website, you know, different things that you, you run on your website or television or radio, okay? So when you see this, oh, and so I just want to mention, yeah, on the next one, you can go to the next one, Daniel. Okay, I mentioned call to action. I haven't shown you any call to action spots, but please know that I am not against call to action spots. As a matter of fact, I think they're very necessary. Um, but you have to just kind of balance that, you know, with always having a branding spot. Um, so this is an example of a call to action um, that we did. And uh, you can take a peek at this real quick. Oh, sorry. Three. You slept through your alarm clock, you can't find your keys, your hair is a mess, and you still have that never-ending list of repairs nagging you from its spot on the fridge as you run out the door. Nobody's got time for that. Luckily, the professionals from Wagner are here to save the day with this awesome deal. Get $79 off any heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical repair. Our certified technicians will provide you with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So relax and let Wagner start knocking items off your to-do list. You deserve it. Give us a call today to find out more. Okay, so that was a very, you know, common example of what a call to action, whether it's, whether it's a water heater flush or a, a tune-up special, 
really doesn't matter what the call to action is, but we have thousands and thousands of these. Um, typically, if someone calls and says, hey, would, you know, I want to, I need to get my water heater sales up, you know, so we'll, we'll send 10, 12 samples, you know, and, and we'll go from there. Is there a couple questions, Josh? Do you want me to, do you want me to take a breath? Yeah, let's see. Um, do you guys have... Oh, you're muted. Oh, okay. There haven't been a lot of questions, so uh, I have a couple questions that I'll ask. Um, okay. And then you guys, we've got a great group of people live. We'd love to hear from you. So, you know, whatever questions you have relevant to this topic, uh, what, what she's covering, we'd love to, love to answer them for you. So um, one of the questions I had is, do you have any examples of, uh, you know, company, I don't know you have to show me a visual, but maybe even just talk through it, a uh, company using multimedia uh, in this way, you know, placing the TV ads and the radio and seeing, you know, noticeable growth in their company? Yeah, very often uh, what we do, as a matter of fact, this next spot coming up, this is mainstream. Uh, we made the video ad for them. We made a, a, a sister radio spot. And then we made a direct mail piece for them. Our graphic design team put together a, a direct mail spot. And we see that companies that do what, what I call family marketing, basically you're taking the same theme and you're, you're hitting it from multiple angles. Okay, this was a summer tune-up. Um, they actually, over last year, where they just did audio or they just did video or they just did direct mail, they see between 35 and 45% increase in response when it's a family marketing plan where you're kind of uh, tying everything together with billboards, with direct mail, with radio, and with uh, a, a video. Nice. Now, hey, can I just say one thing, Josh? I see on my, my thing that there's four questions. Do you oh. not? I have comments and I have questions. The only question I'm seeing is very insightful webinar. Uh, from Dominic, can I get a copy of the deck emailed to me? Oh, okay, okay, sorry. No, okay. I, I just saw four and I didn't know if those were questions. Okay. So we will go through all those and we'll make sure all of you who are asking for things get those as a follow-up to this. Not a, not a problem, okay? Uh, so let's go on to, these are a few of my favorites. Okay, these are really random I would say these are my four most popular marketing ideas um, that I have used and I have now shared with our partners, and they're using them, and they continue to be really... Uh, oh, sorry. No, I'm not. I mean, I didn't skip it. No, we're going to show you this one. Sorry. This is that mainstream. See, because I talked about it, I assumed I should be showing Summer is heating up, and that means now is the perfect time to stop in the mainstream for your new air conditioning unit. When you do... We'll even throw in a free furnace to help keep you comfortable year-round. It's all part of our summer special. Call or visit Mainstream Electric Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing today to find out more. Okay, so that's another example of a call-to-action um, spot that we did the billboard and we did the direct mail, um, and we did a family marketing plan for, for that one. Okay, so I'm going to talk quick about four uh, marketing ideas, I guess. This is totally thinking outside of the box, okay? Um, one of the biggest things that we do in the plumbing, heating, cooling, electrical industry is trade shows. You either love them or you hate them. Uh, there's no in between, it seems. Um, I felt that I needed to come up with an idea that would draw people to our booth that would be fun because I'm really into having fun. I think that that's a really, and, and let's face it, 
condensers are not fun. Toilets, not so much, not so fun. And so uh, we actually created this life-size photo cutout of one of our technicians standing in front of a, a van. And it was big. Like, we actually bought one of those um, chalkboards that are on the two legs with the wing nuts. And you can kind of tilt. And we used that frame for this. And it was big. It was like eight feet uh, eight feet high, maybe six feet wide. And uh, a local sign company, actually the company that made our um, signage on our building and also our van wraps, created this. I took a high-res picture, bullet or billboard quality, and we basically cut the face out and made a flat Stanley that kids could get up and put their face. Now, so this, this is a little girl. Actually, this little gal's uh, dad's name was Ron, and he was one of our technicians. And she was so in love with this that she could, like, in a picture look like her daddy. It was, like, a, the cutest thing. But um, this stood, and I am not kidding you, we had flocks of people to have their kids' pictures taken at this cute little display. And we had a little ladder in the back so kid, little ones could walk up. Because, like I said, the guy was, like, you know, six, five, ten. So um, we had a professional photographer there taking pictures of these kids. We then had them sign a waiver so we could post them on Facebook. We got their email address, and we said we would email them a digital copy. In the waiver, it also said then that we could add them to our email list. Uh, we posted them on Facebook. We encouraged people to tag their kids in Facebook. I'm not kidding you. It was like, it was, it was crazy how many Facebook likes we ended up with because of this little campaign. And the best part about it is it's stored, I mean, it's flat, right? It's stored really easily. It was super lightweight. And I bet you it costs less than $250. Really super great idea for trade shows. I have this written down in a step-by-step -step on how to create it. If anyone wants it, let me know. Uh, but a really good idea for trade shows. The next one, oh, this is, uh, this is a really in another interesting one. This is called my homeowner packet. Uh, this is a trifold. Looks like this. Okay, this one is a fake one. It was just made for us, so I can show people. Um, and what what I did is I went to the local realtors in our area. We have two of uh, two uh, different realty companies that are like the big guns. Okay, we have a lot of little ones, but we have two that are like big boys. And I went to them and I asked if it would be okay if I designed this and gave it to them to give away as a welcome gift to like a closing gift at the closing. Apparently, this is a thing now. I never knew this was a thing. I've closed on several homes. I've never gotten a little closing gift. I'm just I saying. You did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Daniel just closed on us. Did you get one of these from Swap? I think so. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's good to know. So, they're still doing it over there. So, this is basically a homeowner pack. It's for a good a one-year uh, one service partner plan. The idea is to get your technician in the door and sticker the living daylights out of every piece of equipment in that house, right? These people very often are very new to a home. They might be new first-time homeowners. They don't know where the emergency shutoff is for their hot water coming into the house. They don't know where any of this stuff, they don't understand what the, the, the main shutoff for their power is. And this is a really great way to um, get yourself out there without looking like the one that's being pushy. We allowed the realtors to even sign the gift certificate as if it came from them. Okay, so I would say a couple times a year they would ask for several hundred of these, and then they would just give them out as people bought new homes in our area. There is a three-fold 
It's a threefold uh, little flyer thing. The first one talks about the company. The second one talks about the service partner plan and the benefits. And the third one basically says congratulations on the purchase of your new home. Um, and it talks about when the technician's in your home, he's going to check uh, all, and you'll run all the safety checks and make sure you and your family are safe. And then what we also did as a little side note, we had this third piece redone as a donation letter. Because how often do we have people who walk in our door looking for donations and door prizes? I mean, like every day. So I had two versions of this third one, and that's the only thing that had to get flipped out. And, and it, it talked about how because we believe in, you know, being part of the community, how we like to give back and, you know, that sort of thing. So this new homeowner packet, awesome, works out to about, uh, I think it's $1.60, $1.60 or $1.80 each for these. So you bring, you literally drive to your realtor, drop off 200 of them. They're happy to take credit for your, you know, gift. And uh, money well spent. Okay, so there's that one. Uh, the next one is a contest that we started, and this this ties into the website. Uh, it was a weekly, um, or I'm sorry, a monthly online voting for local charities. Now, it didn't have to be a, a 501. It, it could be anybody. It could be Sally's going to France to play the flute. Uh, we didn't care. We just wanted, do you like that? Yes, thank you. So, um, I mean, it could be anybody, and someone would nominate them, and we would put three different charities up against each other, and people had to go to our website and vote, and they could vote once a day, and but they had to then, you know, like it on Facebook. Again, a great way to increase website traffic, and it really increased our social media presence, and it really, really made us stand out as a community uh, involvement organization, which I think was probably the biggest plus. We gave away $500 a month to, to that charity who won. And the two charities that didn't win could jump back in two months later if they needed to, if they if they felt they wanted to. But I'm not kidding. There was one group. I, and the best part is, say, for example, you have Girl Scouts and Habitat for Humanity and Sally's going to France to play the flute. The, it's up to them to get people to vote. So you have all of those groups pushing people to your website to vote every single day for a month. I mean, it's crazy. Super inexpensive. Uh, you know, Josh, they can get that set up on your um, on your website at, at, at very, very quickly. It's, it's, very, it's just a, another tab, basically. We had it on our homepage. Click here for Gold Star Giving. And um, that's, that's how we ran it. But another great idea. Last one is the Ugly Old Contest. Running an ugly old whatever, ugly old furnace, ugly old water heater, ugly old bathroom, is a really good way to drive people also to your website and drive people to your Facebook um, by liking and getting votes, being creative. This is also a great one for multimedia, so you're going to also want to have a, maybe a billboard that partners with this if you're in an area that billboards are popular and, and would be worthwhile. Radio spots. Uh, here's actually a, a commercial that we made for a company. It's a little bit different. They're, I think I believe they're down in St. Louis, but um, go ahead and click on this one for us, and we'll watch it quick. Is your AC unit ancient? If you have the oldest functioning AC unit in the Academy Air Service area, you can win a vacation valued at five thousand dollars anywhere in the continental United States. The oldest AC contest is Friday, May twenty fourth at five p.m. So don't wait. Contact Academy Air today. So you know, again, you can you know 
make all these different spots and tie everything together with multimedia and make a cohesive uh, a cohesive marketing plan to get your phone ringing when you need it to be ringing. Okay, so um, so that's all I have. Um, that's a lot of information. I've talked a long time. So um, if anyone has any questions, jump on in and uh, stick something in the chat, and Josh can. That was great. That was great, Nancy. Thanks for sharing those examples and kind of going through um, you know, some really cool ways to leverage multimedia. There's a couple questions. I've got a couple questions, so hang with us, guys. We want to hear from you. We want to answer your questions. But um, Danielle is asking, uh, my owner's always wanting to see ROI from television and radio, but we don't use tracking numbers. A lot of people call in, call in saying they heard us, um, but they don't know where. So do you have any advice for convincing the owner that there is ROI, even though you can't track it back to a number? Yeah, and, and that is a really, and, and I was the same way, Danielle, when, when you know, I, I had the owner saying, well, you know, show me the money, right? And honestly, it is, at the end of the day, the absolute best way to do it is figure out, and most people use ServeMan or Service Titan or whatever software you're using, track calls. It doesn't, I don't really, because really at the end of the day, does your owner care how your phone is ringing by 20 more calls a day or does he just care that you're getting 20 more calls a day, right? If you're doing something and your daily count, call count, and if you are using one of the top five of the, the software systems for a plumbing, heating, cooling, electrical company, you have that built in. You know how many times, you know, your phone rang in a day last year, this month, last this, this month, last year, and compare it. If you run a six-month campaign, whether it's television, whether it's radio, and you have... 15% more calls this month over the same time last year, it's working. And and I know that you're right. It's very difficult to, um, you know, to justify that. But, you know, what I tell people all the time is that uh, if you do an active marketing plan and you are installing even one new system a month over what you would have, you've covered your expenses probably. Um, so start slow. But unfortunately, you're absolutely right. It is very hard to prove ROI. Good, 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 good response. So, um, Garrett, uh, Brett Garrett is asking, how would I get the information for that cardboard cutout for the trade shows, for the home shows? Okay, so if at the at the bottom of the screen, oh yeah, right there on the slideshow. Is my slideshow still up, Josh? It's, it's up, yes. Okay, so that's my email address right there. Just shoot me an email and ask, and I will email you the specs. And it's, it's just like a, a one page document that talks about it, has a couple more pictures. And um, so, yeah, just shoot me an email with anything I talked about today, and I will get back to you with all the information you need. Perfect. So, there you go, Brett. And so, I'm going to, I've got a couple questions I'm going to cover, but Nancy, what if somebody's interested in working with you on this, having you and your team? Kind of help them develop a plan, develop a strategy. How does that look? How do they go about um, you know, initiating that conversation? Right. So um, we, the best way, honestly, is to either call the office uh, or shoot me an email, and then we will have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. We'll talk about your market. Daniel will is is typically in on those calls with me. So we'll put together basically. Uh, let's just talk. You know, let's talk about how many texts you have. 
Are you just plumbing? Do you want to add HVAC? Do you, know, do you want to add electrical? Are, are you a company that likes to buy smaller businesses? How are you growing? Where do you, what do you need? And then we just kind of talk about a plan. And it's really individualized. Every single company is different. There is no, but the absolute best thing to do is just make the call. And here's the thing. Every single day I talk to companies. Sometimes we end up working with them. Sometimes we don't. And that's okay. It's got to be a fit. And we understand that. But if we can have a, a, a great conversation and I can throw you some tips and then you end up, you know, finding success, that's really at the end of the day. I, you know, we, we, if, if we can work together, great. If we can't, that's great too. We're, I, am, I am so not a um, high-pressure salesy person. So that's not my gig. So just give me a call. Let me know. Perfect. So, yeah, reach out to Nancy. Obviously, she's expert level at this. Um, they, they work with a couple hundred of the, the very best cream of the crop, plumbing, HVAC, electrical, home service companies in the industry. Um, she's offering to spend some time with you on the phone just to kind of chat about this at no cost. That's a no-brainer. This is something you're thinking about. The number's on the screen. Feel free to give her a call. So a couple of questions that I have, and we've still got 30-plus yes. of you guys listening in. So if you've got follow-ups, put them in the question box. Put it in chat. We'd love to, we'd love to kind of drill even deeper on this. Um, you still have a couple minutes, Nancy? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Okay, good. All right. So uh, one question is I, 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 I've got this kind of leading up. A couple of people sent this in. It's how much does it really cost to play in this game? So, you know... TV, radio, billboards, multimedia, most people in their head are thinking, you know, that's like seventy, eighty thousand dollars a month to even have a have a seat at the table. Can you give any kind of benchmarks in terms of, you know, realistically what kind of investment you need to be willing to penny up to even be worth the investment of energy? Yeah. Um Okay, so like like Gopi said, right, just do something. Um, there's a lot of very inexpensive ways, and I'll tell you that we work with companies that have six technicians. We work with companies that have 250 technicians. There is a plan for everybody, and it is all individualized. But you're right. You know, marketing is very much like a poker game, right? You need to have a minimum to get in the game. And... There are things that are automatically going to, you're going to be excluded from automatically based on budget, and that's okay. Um, no matter what, I mean, we, we work with partners that have a $2,000 a month budget, and we, have, we work with partners that have an $80,000 a month budget. The swing is so grand, it, you really can't. Um, but to think, here's the, here's the biggest thing, I guess, my biggest, my biggest uh, suggestion or my biggest word of wisdom. Make a decision based on facts. Do not make a decision based on the, the thought that you can't afford it. Mm. You would be surprised. I think most people would be shocked at how reasonable an effective marketing plan would, will cost. Okay, so it's worth it to, to make a call. Uh, Daniel um, talks to people every single day. He, you know, he looks at zip codes and he looks at uh, certain areas, how, what's it, your service area. And he will say, okay, if you want to do broadcast, this is what you're talking If you it, to be successful. I mean, you can spend $1,000 in broadcast in New York City, but who, who cares, right? No one's going to see, see it. So uh, it's all relevant. What's that, what is your line that you say all the time about placement and good uh -oh. Yeah, Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring. I, we can't see ourselves, so we don't know if he's in the screen. He's or not. in the shot now. I see him. Your head's okay. a little bit chopped. All right. Mine is a little bit. It's okay. Okay. 
Uh, no, it just kind of goes back to what Nancy said before. Good placement, bad creative is no one's going to win. You know, good creative, bad placement, no one's going to win. So, you know, to kind of reiterate what Nancy was saying, and budget-wise to your question, Josh, it can all depend on the market size that you're in. Um, you know, a market like Miami or Chicago is going to cost a lot more than Marquette, Michigan, and Champaign, Illinois, and, you know, Juneau, Alaska. So that's what I do Probably at least half my job right now is people sending us their marketing plan and me looking it over, seeing if they're overpaying for certain things, underpaying for certain things, or just doing research. They say, I don't know what I need to spend. Daniel, tell me what I need to spend. And I'll call the radio stations, call the cable networks, call the, um, you know, talk to some of our digital providers and, and show them, like, look, I don't know what your budget is, but this is what I think you need to spend to be effective. And then they'll say, okay, I can do one of those channels. And then we, you know, then we start the ball rolling. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that, that helps a lot. So, I mean, really, get, get on the phone with them. Talk about what you're looking to do. They'll do some due diligence for you and help you get a sense. Here's how much you'd have to be willing to invest to make it make sense. So, thanks for addressing that. Uh, Dominic has a question. And he was, what are your thoughts on using streaming radio like Pandora, uh, which allows you to drill down on demographics even further? Have you guys done anything with that? Yeah, we've actually worked with a partner in Tampa, Florida that is doing – um, you know, some Pandora and some uh, Spotify. They looked into stuff like that. And I guess, excuse me, they haven't done it, but they had me look into it for them. Um, some of the costs associated with that, it's often based on, like a lot of other digital stuff, is based on cost per thousand or CPM. Um, you know, with Pandora, there's different ways to go about it. You can have the just the audio ad. You can have the audio with the campaign or companion banner. Um, that varies by market as well. Um, but a, a general cost per thousand for something like that is anywhere in the you know fifteen to thirty dollar range. You know fifteen to thirty dollars to reach a thousand people. You know, typically, you're not just spending thirty dollars; you're spending thirty thousand dollars and getting a hundred thousand impressions, or yeah. excuse me, a million impressions. Whatever the I don't know the math in my head, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get it. You know, so so a lot. Um, yeah, we've we've had partners that have done stuff like that and found success with it. Um, I believe in Pandora and Spotify more than I believe in terrestrial radio just because that, and again, depending on the demographic too. If you're trying to reach anyone that's under the age of 45, I think Pandora's absolutely got to be in the mix. Um, you know, but if you're trying to reach the older demo that's listening to sports or listening to, you know, avid drivers, and the drive time can depend in, in communities too. So there's so many different factors that I'm, I'm trying not to be vague, but at the same time it's, you know, it's vague because yeah. it is so different. Everyone's different. When we're talking on a broad scale, it's hard to be specific. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's that's great feedback. I know um, Dominic is saying he runs uh, Four Seasons Heating and Air, really successful uh, HVAC and plumbing company. Uh, he's saying he runs, uh, I guess, the Pandora. He said it's, it seems to work really well and very reasonably priced. So, yep. um, so good, good feedback. Thanks for sharing, Dominic. Um, the other question I had was, how often do you need to switch ads? You know, if you guys start to look at it and they're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into this multimedia thing, um, can I just set it and forget it with one ad or do I have to change my ads on a consistent basis? Can you guys talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I, uh, this is just a trial and error. This has just kind of been my experience. Um, sorry, Daniel. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate your feedback, man. That was really helpful. So I, um, I always want to be rotating three spots, okay? So a third, a third, a third, 
anytime it's audio involved or radio involved, uh, even pre-roll actually, uh, I would do a third, a third, a third at the minimum. Now the good thing is once you buy three spots and you're rotating them, I think three months, 90 day is kind of my bare minimum for a commitment. Okay. Before four months, but really because we're in an industry that is very seasonal, it, you almost have to be changing every quarter. You have to be changing creative every quarter. The good news is once you buy a spot, like for example, if we make a spot for a customer, it's we don't restrict how you use it and where you use it and it's not time it's your spot right so slowly over five six seven years your library gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then you can just kind of pick and choose depending on the, the, what you need at that time so um i would say minimum plan to commit for a three-month chunk of time before you're going to start you know that that's a fair i think that's a very fair amount of time to give a campaign and three spots Awesome. Great, great feedback. So you don't, you do need to mix it up. You also need to mix it, mix it up based on seasonality. You don't want the creative to get, to get dull and boring. Um, yeah. Thanks for the feedback on that. You mentioned, you mentioned YouTube pre-roll and I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit more about what that is and the success or not success that you've had, if any testing with uh, YouTube pre-roll specifically. I'm pulling you back into sure. I'm going to pull this guy back in. He's he's the man. All right, I'm great. I stool and I'm going to get down in my comfortable stool. Um, yeah. So so to answer that question, we've had you know lots of our clients. Many of our clients have done or at least been interested in um, YouTube pre-roll. And the you know there's different ways of going about it. Some companies, different companies do it differently. Each company that allows pre-roll advertising or or advertising before you see an ad, be it on a news site or YouTube or wherever you're seeing those pre-roll ads, will determine the skippability, if that's a word. Mm -hmm. um, it is now. And, you know, a lot of people will see YouTube ads where they skip after five seconds. Um, you know, often on a news site or, you know, local news site specifically, will um, at least 15 seconds. Um, with, the, with the clients that we've seen using YouTube, um, we've seen tremendous success. You know, just with the the click-through rates and the number of times that people are going to the website. And then from there, then it bounces off their Google Analytics um, and, you know, can tell how long they're on the site, bounce rates, stuff like that. So, um, you know, using YouTube, using social, and using pre-roll, you know, kind of interchangeably at times, um, again, depending on the demo, can be very helpful um, and, and being as targeted as possible. That's the best thing about digital advertising is how targeted you can be, mm -hmm. um, and, and you know you can target geographic locations, geofencing, or you can target um, you know demographic. Um, there's so many different ways to nail your target audience down and just hammer them with ads. Um, you know if, they, if they're still qualifying themselves. Awesome. So and that might even be a more accessible play for someone that may not have a, a large budget to do broadcast. You know maybe a good place to start is potentially with with YouTube uh, pre-roll type ads. Um, do you guys use the same type of ad on a, on a YouTube pre-roll, or is it a completely different strategy and philosophy? Uh, every commercial that we make as a 30-second, we also make as a companion 15 and 10 because of that. So, no, I think that what works, what works for television, video is video is video. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as you're being creative and consistent with your message and that your spots are done well, and not cheesy, uh, local, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, singing, singing cats and suspenders on dogs, I think you're okay. 
So uh, I think, yeah, we pretty much, every single commercial we sell, we sell a, a 15 second version, 10 second version, 30, 60, whatever. So we use okay. the same spots across the board. Awesome. And to, to just add a little bit to that, some digital vendors will sell YouTube differently. Um, you know, like with YouTube, sometimes you can skip after five, skip after five seconds. Um, you can find some vendors that won't charge you if the consumer skips after five seconds. Mm -hmm. So that could change how you um, you know put together the message. Okay. If you if you're not paying for the first five seconds and it's a free impression essentially, um, get it in. Say your name and show your logo in the first five seconds, and then go on to your message. Yeah, um, you know, so something like that can always you know can it can alter the message. Good, great, great feedback. And so for some of you guys, you might not have even thought of YouTube as a play for your plumbing, HVAC, home service business, and it's really a, a, a really good opportunity um, to, to, to tap into. Um, Serena Gonzala, uh, Gonzala, I'm sorry, uh, Sari, I am pronouncing your name terribly wrong, but she says, we, we have local high-end magazines that are always hitting us up to, to get us on their, on their magazine. What have you found in terms of that type of marketing, whether it's effective, not effective? Okay. I'm not a fan. However, the only caveat to that would be if it is a uh, real estate, like a, a magazine that promotes uh, properties for sale in the area, uh, new people coming to the area, those sort of magazines I think I'd be okay about. If it's like a a tourist magazine, a transient group that's going to be coming through your area. I'm not a big fan of, of print in that respect. It depends. Of course, it depends on the magazine. Excellent. Hopefully, hopefully that helps. What about like a Clipper, Valpac, Money Mailer? Dominic is asking as a, as a follow-up. A lot of a lot of our partners use uh, Valpacs and get tremendous success. I create the the um, graphic portion of that but I will tell you that I don't have any personal experience with Valpacs because we don't have that here in our very rural area mm -hmm. uh, so I don't have any background with that but I do know that the partners that we have that do it love it and and again try it if it works keep doing it if it doesn't work stop doing it you know it's kind of one of those things yeah can you give an example of what kind of ad you've seen work well in a Valpac? Is it a special offer promotion? I imagine that's more CTA than non-CTA. That's mostly CTAs, right? So that's going to be, uh, and I have seen a lot of the partners use that as a way to educate. Service partner plans, at least for our partners, are really big. Like that's a big, because it allows you to dictate and, uh, you know, where you, where you can be busy. You know, like if you, if you need to uh, get the phone ringing and you need to get, text working you can get a lot of uh tune-up scheduled and um and remember it's not about the tune-up it's about what they make from that call right yeah, it's the foot in the door the relationship and the, the yes exactly so a lot of call to action a lot of uh you know fifty dollars off or um purchase one service partner plan give one to a family member mm -hmm. that sort of thing P uh, too many people feel are worried about the price of a service partner plan. The, the cost of a service partner plan should be the very last thing you're thinking about. It is all about getting your tech in the door, letting them do what they're trained to do, and that is sell your company and sell your services. So I think a lot of people get really caught up on, oh, you know, we, you know 149 or 89. It doesn't matter. In my opinion, the day I stopped thinking about how much 
to charge for service partner plans and I started not caring, that is when that whole pendulum started swinging for us. And that was, that was really a big game changer. So maybe it's about changing the way you think on, on that. But anyways, yes, uh, service partner plan call to action and discounted uh, service partner plans is a good one for Valpads. Fantastic. Well, there was some great, great information shared, great questions asked. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up, Nancy? No, I'm good. If there's anything that uh, Daniel or I uh, can do to help you, though, you know, feel free to uh, to reach out. We uh, have a staff of um, you know creative writers and graphic designers and uh, editors, audio people for for radio spots. We you know we're kind of a one stop shop in that regard. So uh, we'd love to work with you. We would love to work with you guys. Fantastic. Great stuff. So reach out to Nancy. Get, get a couple minutes on her schedule. Um, I know she can help you generate more leads and more sales. Hopefully this was insightful. You got some new ideas. You get your creative juices flowing. Um, <laughs> if you have questions, feel free to reach out to Nancy. Feel free to reach out to myself. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for your rapt attention and all the great questions. And have a, have a wonderful day, and we'll, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Thank you guys.